Hello, welcome to the At YouTube Podcast, episode number 69, talking all things U2, album news, tour dates, sadly, no more tour dates to discuss right now, and uh, community discussions from the staff of At U2, brought you... But maybe soon. Maybe soon. Do you have some secret bunnies, secret little uh, birdies <laughs> telling you things, Matt, that uh, the rest of us need to I'll know I'll never about? tell. <laughs> I will never tell. I know, that's the problem. So I'm joined by uh, Matt, welcome back to the show, Matt. Hey, Chris, how are you? I'm well. Uh, how are you? I'm good. You have snow already. Well, we had snow. It's it's mostly gone. So, the, okay. Yeah. I know you were shocked and amazed. Still late October as we you. record. I don't know how you guys do that. Mid-October <laughs> and you've got snow already. <laughs> I didn't have to shovel, so it was okay. That's As long as we know okay. in the forecast, it's going to disappear. So, But this is not a weather podcast. Uh, the... the uh, we're uh, we're going to be talking about the uh, Joshua Tree tour, which just wrapped up. Where are we here? A few nights ago, down in Brazil. I assume the band and nice. and uh, crew are in recovery. Flights home, possibly, <laughs> uh, and uh, as are all the fans dispersing back to their homes and bank accounts to save money for whatever comes next. So uh, we'll be bringing on uh, sort of a f- pretend call-in show as if we <laughs> they're not already sitting and listening, but uh, some at U2 staffers will be coming on in a bit to share their own perspective on the uh, Joshua Tree Tour. But uh, before we get into that, just in terms of some miscellaneous news and stuff that has happened since last we recorded, the uh, well, first one that's kind of big news, I guess, for folks look, looking forward to new YouTube music is the song, The Blackout, is coming on out on Record Store Day, November 24th. Got that right? I think that's right. Yep. Are you a... Uh, the, day after, the, the day after U.S. Thanksgiving. Oh, there you go. Black Friday. Yeah. 12-inch of it. So uh, are you a record collector, Matt? Do you go that far down the road? I will... Yeah, um, not as much as I used to be, Chris, but I will... I'll, we, have, we have a record store here in town that I'll call or email to see if they're going to order it. Um, and then there's one about an hour away in Walla Walla, which is where I got the last record store day release. And so I'll call them. And then there's one in Yakima and which is about an hour and 15 minutes away. So yeah, I'll be looking to see if there's a place to, cause I'm certainly not going to go to the mall and do any Christmas shopping on black Friday. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> so it comes with the blackout and then also a remix version of the blackout, I guess for my jackknife Lee is how I, yeah, read that's it. what it sounds like. Yeah. Right. So we'll get some, uh, do you text. have places where you can get this or do we need to buy you one? Uh, I think there's some igloos that have records, records that they sell <laughs> up here in Canada. <laughs> there might be, we'll, we'll see. I don't have a record player, so I don't that's where I'm like, I could buy it for the collector's value, I guess, but I don't have any other records that I collect. So I'll just wait for some fan to, um, I don't know. I don't know if they distribute those kinds of things on the internet. I've, I'm not aware of how that all works, but We'll see if there's a remix version. Eventually, it'll make its way to, like the remix I'm thinking of. Not Obviously, the Blackout will be on the album when that's released in December sometime, right? But the remix might not make it somewhere. We'll see. We'll see. So, do you have a record player that you actually listen to? I do have a record player right behind. It's actually right behind. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You want to continue with the podcast while I fix this? Yes, there's a record player right behind this. this Joshua tree display that I just ruined. So yeah, go ahead and continue with the podcast. I'll be back in just Matt almost killed by the Joshua tree. 
would have been an interesting headline for at YouTube. Wow, that's, this is really embarrassing. This is great video, isn't it? If this doesn't go viral, nothing will. There we go. We do stream it live. If you're if you're listening later, we do stream the video version of this live, goodstuff.fm slash live, or on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash goodstuff.fm, I believe is the link. It'll be in the show notes, but which you can find at goodstuff.fm slash atu2 slash 69. And uh, also this last little while, there's a great interview with that Bono did uh, sort of promotional stuff for Songs of Experience with Bill Flanagan on his, what, radio show, I guess, on Sirius XM. Um, and yes. there's, I don't think there's anybody who can get Bono to open up the way Bill Flanagan does. Maybe, um, uh, who's the Irish DJ? I'm blanking on Dave. Dave, Dave, Dave Fanning. Yes, Dave Fanning. Dave, Dave uh, Fanning, yeah. Those two guys, anyways, can get him to... I mean, he, it's not that hard to get talking, but to <laughs> sort of go go deeper and and pull stuff out of uh, out of him, I guess that. Uh, yeah, the Bill Flanagan the Bill Flanagan thing was really really cool. I don't think they've made. I mean, there were they put like little bits of it on their SoundCloud uh, channel. I don't think, but I haven't checked in a few days. Um, I don't think you can actually listen to the whole thing unless you're a serious subscriber. Maybe there's. I don't know. Maybe there's like a trial you you could subscribe. I don't know. But anyway, it's it was really really good. Um, the only thing is, it was recorded back in early September, right around the time the band was in New York City when they did the the Jimmy Fallon show when they shot the video for "You're the Best Thing." So some of it I think is you know could be dated because he still referred to uh, he being Bono. He he referred to the little things that give you away, which I think or we all tend to think now has been renamed as there is a light, I think is the one. Yeah. So anyway, so it, it might be a little bit out, but yeah, he really, um, it, there's just a lot of, you know, reciting of lyrics and talking about the Genesis of the songs and what they mean and what his ideas were. And I just thought it was really fascinating. Yeah. It reminded me of, of reading the Bill Flanagan book. Um, the Bible, right? You and I can never yeah. remember the name of, but um, the, <laughs> speak for yourself. <laughs> in terms of, uh, I'll just mute you if you start saying, "Show me up." <laughs> the uh, in terms of just yeah, getting hitting on the themes of the lyric and stuff, going beyond the what's uh, on the surface, anyways, as far as what you might hear or read into Flanagan tends to sort of go to that extra depth, I guess, with, with yeah. Bono and whoever else. I think Bono may be a little more comfortable with him, a little less guarded kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, there's also a Q magazine interview that's making the rounds. I think it's the one with Noel Gallagher on the cover, if I'm not mistaken. And just the, the promotional machine is, is starting up obviously for the next phase of U2's career this year which yes has been... and there's going to be there's going to be more i i think like i kind of thought the the new album announcement would have come already but i'm now i'm thinking that it's going to be like early next week maybe monday today's friday the 27th as we record this so i'm kind of thinking maybe monday is an announcement um right maybe november 1st i don't know but yeah and then the the for sure there'll be you know more TV appearances, performances, radio interviews, magazine features, all that sort of stuff. There's there's going to be a lot of promotion coming. And uh, other stuff on just in the YouTube world news, I guess. the uh, There's a YouTube conference that's happened two, two times now in the past, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yep, that the is correct. 2018 event has been announced, which is going to be in Belfast in June. So 2018, obviously. And uh, there's a youtubeconference.com is the site where you can go check out details on that. We'll have a link to 
yeah, that in the show notes. And the site has been updated with accommodation information, and there's a call out for speakers, keynote uh, speakers, and then they'll be announcing keynote speakers in early November, which should be exciting stuff for some YouTube fans. If you're either making it your way across the pond, or maybe you're already over the pond <laughs> uh, and in the area, so it's the first time it's been outside of the U.S., which is kind of cool. And obviously, uh, I read somewhere, I think it was on the YouTube conference site, it's the 20-year anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement in Belfast, Northern Ireland. So it'll be lots of just fun history to sort of be there for, I'm sure, as well as the U2 uh, conference. So very cool. And we'll have uh, more news about that as appropriate in the future. So, but yes. for now, let's, uh, I, I keep forgetting, I need like a U2 round, at U2 roundtable sound effect or something that triggers a little us. jingle yeah so uh let's see no nothing what is sound does a round table make chris um <laughs> i could just knock this over every time we start a new segment yeah exactly <laughs> yeah no i don't uh i don't have anything that can uh i was just trying to find something that i could suffice in the in the meantime here uh that's about music i hope no. Or here. Uh, hey, uh, baby, uh, stand by for Zoo uh, Radio Transmit. All right. There you go. <laughs> There's our round That was two. good. <laughs> That's the old uh, Zoo TV jingle. Um, uh, zoo Radio, Zoo, uh, yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to, Matt and I, uh, we're, we're going to bring on our guests, as it were, call-in guests. Someday we'll have actually a call-in show maybe with fan, listeners, YouTube fans who are listeners of this podcast. Um, but for now, we've pre-arranged, pre-selected <laughs> some at U2 staffers to be our guests. So first up to join us for this show is Sherry. Uh, now let's see if all the gizmos and widgets align here. Sherry, there we go. Faded there in. There she is. Live from Look at hello, hello. somewhere in the world. <laughs> Wow, it worked. Chris, you are really good at this. Just stop before I'm going to find out at the end that none of this is recorded and nobody on the internet has actually seen us. So. Just don't go all, all Zoo TV. This isn't very rock and roll, so next with me. <laughs> so uh, in terms of, sort of parameters, I guess just we've we've talked about individual concerts we went to and all that. <laughs> Matt's trying to change the channel. <laughs> He's trying to turn you off the, the feed. Um the uh, just in terms of the show, the concerts and the tour, I guess, Sherry, what are some of the memories or standout things for you from the tour that you would worth mentioning? I'm I'm still processing it. I'll be honest with you. Um, you know, in 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 Vancouver, getting to listen to the uh, week or so of of uh, the tour rehearsals and then seeing the show opening night, um, I didn't know what to make of it. It it. And so I wanted to give the whole tour to sort of get a feel for what it was that we were trying to experience or feel or, or, or have as a collective um, uh, uh, sensation at the show. And it, I, I, this has been a mixed tour for me because I'm not used to just sitting back and watching the band not really perform and just watch this big screen of slow motion nature shows, you know? So, um, you know, from a set list perspective, it felt very much like I was visiting a high school reunion. It's all songs that we knew, that we love, that we sing along. Everybody knew the, uh, the words to almost every song. And so for that collective it felt really great to be in a stadium. But 
it just felt like, you know, as I said, it was a high school reunion where everybody's looking forward to going on to college. We, we all knew that Songs of Experience was coming. We all knew that the, that the EI tour is coming and that it just felt like we just got to get through. Oops, we just got to get through the next four months and then we'll get to the good stuff. Um, it felt like it was a bucket list tour for, for a lot of, um, folks that, you know, if you're going to go out and see you too, this is the tour to do it. So perhaps they were, you know, able to get that aspect of their, um, audience, uh, to feel fulfillment. Uh, but I'm, I don't have that same feeling like I did coming out of Zoo TV or coming out of Elevation or Vertigo or even 360, um, it was a tour of maturity, a tour of reconciliation for me, but I was really bummed that there was no rattle and hum, uh, that, um, uh, I mean, today's what October 27th at uh, 29 years ago today, we had the rattle and hum premiere in Dublin. So this would have been a great opportunity to have incorporated some of the rattle and hum stuff. So it's, it, as I said, I'm still processing it. Um, for the most part, it felt like the band was trying to heal a broken world without becoming broken themselves. And at least in the U.S., with the way that the political uh, landscape is, um, it just felt a little kumbaya for me. <laughs> yeah, they kind of started, I mean, it was a lot of, uh, I mean, it's promo bono in action, I guess, in terms of like, we need to go back and reevaluate and, you know, with Trump and with whatever in the States and stuff. And this is going to, this is like perfect timing. We can go back. And so it, I don't know that coming out of it, uh, there was a debate somewhere, whether it was in Slack or on Twitter, I'm sure there's been multiple places of like, how much did they accomplish in terms of healing the US or helping the political climate in the US? And you could argue it's worse than when they started, not because of them per se, but <laughs> just it's hard for a tour like this, especially to change a lot of hearts and minds. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. There's no like, question or anything, but just more, um, it feels like, now, like you said, there we're sort of anticipating what's next. Uh, once you're, sh- at least for me, like I just saw the Vancouver show, you're kind of like, okay, that was good. What's coming next? I can't wait for that because now that I've seen this one set list, I'm it's kind of good to go, I guess. But how about you, Matt? What's your yeah? Or sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I didn't have that feeling coming out of the Innocence and Experience tour. Like, okay, um, um, I'm really looking forward to what's next. I felt satisfied. Through this tour, I all I could keep thinking of is experience. We got to get to experience. This just felt like um, uh, uh, a speed bump. <laughs> Joshua Tree's a speed bump on the road to experience. <laughs> <laughs> that better not be our podcast title. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'll write it down just in case. But yeah, go ahead, man. <laughs> No, I mean, I think, I think I, I, I think I probably tend to agree overall with what you guys are are saying. It, um, you know, I mean, I'm never upset that I get a chance to see you two live, right? I mean, I saw f- the first three shows and then the last U.S. show in San Diego. And the weird thing for me is that I liked every show. I think at every show I was in tears for a good chunk of the first half hour. Um. And yet, when I step back from the individual shows and think about the tour in general, my thoughts are more along the lines of what you guys are talking about. I'm like, all right, that was good. I'm ready for what's next. I'm glad it's over. Um, I wouldn't put it you know, anywhere amongst U2's greatest tours. Um, it didn't have 
I don't know. It just, it did like, I guess what, well, like what Sherry was just saying, it didn't have like when, when I saw the I and E shows, like every innocence experience show, I walked out and I was like, Oh my gosh, that was incredible. That was one of the best shows I've ever seen. Blah, blah, blah. And this tour for me just didn't have that same sort of vibe, that same kind of energy. So, yeah. Oh, Sherry, for songs that you were like, you know, you alluded to like getting to hear certain songs, what were the key ones that you were kind of, just excited that you actually finally got to hear or got to hear again. Well, it was, it was, you know, of course it was exit. It was mothers of the disappeared. It was red Hill mining town. You know, it, it was the, I mean, I've been uh, a fan of this band since 88. So I missed the first Joshua tree tour by about a year. So thanks to the uh, bootlegs and all that stuff, I had heard the tour from 87, uh, quite a bit, you know, I've, I've, I've got the box set of, of the 25th anniversary or or rather the 20th anniversary of the Joshua tree. So I've seen some of that other stuff, but getting that, that, um, being in the room during exit and the way that he presented shadow man, um, that was unlike anything out of all the different characters Bono's done. This has got to be, I mean, Shadow Man tops McFisto for me. It tops almost every other character that he's ever presented, but it was so condensed into the one song and you could see him trying to peel out of that character going into Mothers because that is a hard break to go from from Shadow Man into that particular track. So getting to watch that happen was probably... Uh, the greatest highlight for me um, uh, as far as the other stuff goes um, I'm in the camp that loved ultraviolet. I loved the, her story. I was proud to be able to bring my daughter to the show and have her experience it. And the, the knowledge that, you know, girls and women make a difference. We are world leaders. We, we are not a, a gender that should be uh, held any different than the male gender, you know, or, or, um, or any gender whatsoever. So that message didn't resonate with some people, but it resonated a great deal with others. And for me, it, it, that was another highlight was the reminder of, all these great women who came before you and you too can be a great woman if you happen to be one um, or wish to be one. So, you know, that was, that was uh, something that I will take to the grave. I really resonated with that. I mean, I'll speak for the other, for the other side. It's not that the message is, is the trouble. It's that they use that song. I mean, that song, what song, (laughs) what song would you have chosen in its place? I don't, I don't know, but that song, you know, my wife and I had marital troubles in the early nineties. That song got me. And that song is about marital troubles. That song got me through a long stretch of time and they messed with that song. And so that's, so anytime I've ever voiced my feelings internally or externally about it, understand that it's not the message that I, that I've had a problem with. I think the message is fantastic. It's just they took that song. So it's which, the way that they transformed the song. Similar to what they did with Streets on the Vertigo Tour, which Streets is, to me, not a song about healing Africa. It's a song that has other meanings to me and means a lot personally. So anyway, 
<laughs> and if I could just slightly change the topic, but it is store related, merchandise. I missed the amp visual designed merchandise. This hat, okay? I think this was a Live Nation hat. I don't know how I'm supposed to wear it. Am I a conehead? Am I getting abducted? I don't know what to do. Um, you know, uh, Canada, that's just um, a two. That's, our, yeah. that's, that's our podcast title right there. That's Am I a conehead? Gear. Am I getting abducted? You know, the best value were the beer cups. These are only 12 bucks. You got the beer. Of course, I don't drink, so I, I uh, uh, snagged one at the end. But... It's 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 a good quality cup. I mean, the coffee cup is nice, but the plastic beer cup, this is my favorite thing. So anyway, and they and they missed the opportunity. You could get at Joshua Tree National Park. You could grow your own giant Joshua tree. They could have been selling these like hotcakes. Yeah. But that's just me. <laughs> don't get Sherry. Here's rule number one of Podcast Club. Don't get Sherry started on the merchandise. <laughs> No, the fan club is the rule number one. Don't get sure you started the fan club. That's right. Rule oh, is that's the for the next one. podcast. <laughs> yeah. We will discuss that. The whole ticketing thing, that's for the next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> just, what, what, just on the I, I don't I don't want to I don't want to like, you know, feed the lion here, but <laughs> Mama Bear. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm throwing meat at the mama bear here. <laughs> the, they, never, they never did, they never had the shirt that was red with their silhouette, right? Was that like just, no, did, I saw that. No, everybody would have bought that. Right? Like that would have been, but th- but didn't I see that shirt on somebody? Was it like homemade? Uh, well, some people made it. I bought a knockoff that looked just like that in Cleveland from, from one of the knockoff stores. Okay. The shirt isn't going to last through five washings. I understand that. But that was the iconic visual Mm-hmm. Of the band behind the red screen sure. making the big uh, uh, gesture, that should have been a shirt. Yeah, That's Fabiano says in the chat, pirate merchandise outside stadiums in Brazil was better than the official merchandise. Which yes, I, yes, I it was. Yeah. <laughs> the majority of the pirated merchandise throughout the globe was better than what Live Nation offered. <laughs> yeah, it did feel a bit uh, phoned in, I guess, <laughs> for uh, for what it was. Um, in some of those aspects, I remember thinking back to the, after the Vancouver show, we were really critical, justifiably so of like security and ticketing and getting into the stadium. And they obviously made yeah. huge improvements in that, uh, that seemed to die down as the tour went on. There wasn't as many issues if I not saying there was never issues. So please, I know people had trouble getting into various concerts for various reasons, but just as a mass of people, I guess, getting into a stadium, um, they definitely seemed to improve or fix whatever happened in Vancouver as the tour went on. Um, and looking at like just going to the end of the tour then in Brazil and just seeing the photos of like the stadium and filled with that many people on for four nights they did right in in Brazil incredible it's just amazing that that many people <laughs> are like in one place period and then listening to you too and that's i can't imagine thing. being on yeah, stage for that that's the thing that that's that when you saw the photos of of the the latin american shows like at the shows I was at on the floor, once you got back to like the sound desk or the mixing desk, you had room like you could stand and, and move around and dance and, you know, you had some space, but there's like no space at all anywhere on the floor at those shows. It was yeah. just, it's crazy. <laughs> I yeah. think that I gotta it just go. goes. I gotta go someday. <laughs> I think it just goes to show you that the American market, um, because we get you two so often, um, 
it it doesn't sell in the same not, way. I mean, I mean yeah, it's not it's not a, it's at, not a at the third event. No, look look at the third leg of the tour. You had how many stadiums that that still had plenty of of availability. And then I mean, I felt claustrophobic looking at the pictures from Brazil. I don't know where I would have gone. Um, right. I certainly wouldn't yeah. have wanted to have been in, in the middle of that sea of humanity, no matter how awesome it would have been. Uh, you, I am personally, I'm glad that they're coming back once we find out officially that it'll be arenas, because at least for the U.S., I think that they've really uh, killed this market, and they, and and I don't think that they're going to be able to sustain stadiums in the U.S. But by golly, uh, uh, in other areas of the world, they can certainly continue on with this with a stadium um, show. Yeah. But I don't see how how they can do stadiums again in the U.S. Like they've never done China or something like that, have they? <laughs> Just like no. think no. of like some massive stadium in China or something like that, like where they've never played, and uh, even Japan, like they did. I know Zoo TV, and maybe I'm sure they've stopped there occasionally, but like. Yeah, just other markets in the, the world. Vertigo tour, they were they were in Japan. Vertigo yeah. was the last time in Japan. Yeah, just like there's, and I'm not forgetting about you, Australia, and New Zealand. I know you're out there too, <laughs> but just there's whole markets that you you would think dollar wise, even once they get there, they could do you know a ten week stand or whatever, <laughs> like and and just rack up the money if it's about the money or if appease a bunch of fans if it's about the fans, anything like that. Anyways, we're getting way off tangent here. Off. Uh, just the Joshua Tree recap, but um, so Sherry, in your your uh, fifteen minutes are almost up. Fifteen minutes of fame. Thank you. The, yeah, thank you. Podcast. Any closing <laughs> closing comments before we kick you off? Um, as much as I might complain, kind of like what um Matt said. Anytime you can see you two live, it's a blessing, and it's and it's a communal experience that you can't get anywhere else. So to have had the privilege to have seen it as many times as I did to have listened. And by the way, huge thanks to everybody who shared on Mixler Periscope, who tweeted pictures, who contributed to the social stream. Uh, It was an honor and a privilege to be able to collaborate with all of you online uh, in order to follow this tour as completely as we were able to do. So uh, it was, it was, it was wonderful. And, uh, but as far as the ranking of this tour, uh, I, I can't put it above any, any other tour. So uh, it, it just was. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Sherry. We'll, uh, Thank you, everybody. we'll be hearing from you again, I'm sure. <laughs> See you on Good the next podcast, head, folks. I hope, I hope you figure the head out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. I really don't. <laughs> we'll just leave her as she disappears into her, <laughs> Sherry her goes toque. off into the ether yeah. <laughs> trying to figure out how to wear a hat. <laughs> <laughs> That's a toque. Do you guys call that a hat? That's a, you would call that a hat? Yeah, Isn't it, look, is it, it not like, like completely a, wrapped around, you know, like that's a toque. That's what can, Canadians call a toque anyway. <laughs> you hoser. Someone back me up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right. Next up, we got Tasula. Let's see if all the magic works to bring Tasula on. Hello. Audio is working. Can Video is working. Me? We can. We can Yay. see and hear you. All right. So uh, you, I know you, you were in our virtual green room, as it were. So you got to hear Sherry's <laughs> comments and you couldn't rebut her (laughs) 
and she can't rebut anyone else no, now or whatever. Telling me. <laughs> yeah. There's, I know there's comments going back and forth. So, um, just before we jump into your thoughts, the, uh, in the chat room, uh, Anasaurus, I can't quite read the Anasaurus, I think it's the name. A big complaint here in, in Brazil was that they only played in Sao Paulo, whereas the, yeah, there are many other acts that have toured various cities in Brazil, which is definitely true. I think there, to me, it seems like there's untapped uh, demand, <laughs> unfulfilled demand in, in South America as a whole, obviously. Um, and Fabiano added they came to Brazil just because Guy Wasiri scheduled his wedding there. So. <laughs> Maybe that's true. Who knows? Um, but yeah, maybe he scheduled his wedding there because they were going to be yeah. in Brazil anyway. <laughs> either way, he's disappointing you two fans or his uh, wife, I guess. Either way, it's just, uh, or fiance. Um, what are your thoughts on in wrapping up the Joshua Tree tour? I guess you had seen how many shows and sort of what stood out for you from the tour? Uh, I saw seven. I attempted eight, of course, because St. Louis was canceled after I already All got right. there. <laughs> but uh, I would have seen. Remake, I think right? I saw. I think I saw the most of anybody on our team. I'm pretty sure I did, which is kind of crazy because that's usually not the case at all. But um, but I didn't get outside the country with the exception of Canada for the very first one. So that's different for me, too, because every other tour I've left the country uh, or left North America, I should say. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> bummed that I didn't. <laughs> but logistically, I couldn't I couldn't make it work with the job I had, which I no longer have. So, darn, I should have just done it anyway. But anyway, um, yeah, so I have different, vastly different vibe than Sherry did. And maybe it's because I prefer U2's older music. Um, Joshua Tree is one of my top three of their all-time albums. Of course, War and Octing Baby being my other top two. Um, so this was a huge treat for me to hear this. Um, they did something that I didn't think they were going to do. They made the only song I don't like on the album something I actually like now. So Trip Through Your Wires has always been my nemesis because it was sacrificed or Heartland was sacrificed for it. And Heartland is a better song. It's still a better song, but I've never even liked Trip Through Your Wires till I saw it live. And now I love it. Just that, that did it, you know, and that's so the magic changed, they have. It's changed the album version for you even? Like listening to Josh? A Ritchie? little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I did listen back to it on vinyl um, kind of ceremoniously the other night after I listened to this to the uh, Brazil show, the final show um, on a Mixler. Thank you, Fabiano. It was Fabiano's Mixler I was listening to. Um, and I, did, I didn't skip it. Normally I would skip it and I didn't skip it. So I guess there's, there's some validity to that. Yeah, I guess I like it better now. Um, but one thing, one point I want to make, I think there is a difference um, in the way that the show is packaged, the, the repetition and the the barely going off script. Like I agree with all of that, everything that was said about that. Um, and it was so predictable, but I think part of that probably now that we're learning more has to do with Bono's physical limitations because of whatever health scare he refuses to tell us about. And that's a valid, that's a valid thing to uh, have to worry about. So with the exception of exit where we know he was all over the stage, he came out, he did his little dance or weird shadow man thing. He wasn't nearly as, physical as he usually is. He didn't pull as many people up onto the stage to dance. He did a few times, but it wasn't every night. Um, he didn't run around the way he does usually. You know, the band starts at the tree stage and then they go back to the main stage for the album and then they come back out at the end for the encore. And there's not a lot of deviation from that the whole tour. So I think that may have impacted some people's experience aside from the fact it's a stadium, which is harder to connect with um, emotionally, at least for me, I'm an arena girl. So I prefer the smaller indoor 
setting. Um, that said, there was definitely a connection in Seattle the night that Eddie Vedder came out and sang Mothers of the Disappeared. I'll right. never forget that. There was definitely a connection that very first night in Vancouver, both of you were there with me when we all first saw the screens for the first time. We first saw streets and realized we were going on this journey with them. I will never forget that, the way it felt to see that for the very first time, not knowing to expect it. We knew we were going to get a, a video show. We knew we were going to get screen resolution that was unprecedented and all that. But we didn't know that we were going to travel down a road and go through brooks and streams and see Zabriskie Point and, you know, all the things that, that Anton so beautifully did. So that stayed with me. Um, in Miami, the crowd, you know, I like I echo Matt, I need to go to a South American concert at some point. The the Latino audience that I was with in Miami was amazing. The chanting of outside it's America during Bullet that night still sends shivers. I just got goosebumps telling you about it. Still sends shivers up my spine. It was a highly, uh, you know, immigrant or a child of immigrant audience as a child of an immigrant myself. That meant a lot to me. Um and then Cleveland, we got Mysterious Ways, which I know some people, again, are sick of. I love it. So I was happy to have that that night. Um, in Boston, we had the Kennedy speech for the first time, fitting, of course, that it was in Massachusetts. And um, in San Diego, I'm not a huge fan of You're the Best Thing About Me. Send your hate mail to suled.youtube.com. But I did like the acoustic version in San Diego. If, if they played it that way every night, I would have looked forward to it. I just spit out a lot. You want to argue with that? <laughs> I'm, I'm, or, my brain is catching up to. Or agree with that? Yeah. <laughs> you, you were both with me at different shows, so I mean, right. we had we had similar experiences at least in three locations. I agree that like definitely the screen thing, just uh, which is it feels kind of silly. I remember even just you know debating how much of an importance it is and telling other people about the show. Like you went to YouTube, but all you could talk about is the screen. But it was like just a, yeah. an experience that you had to have in like. Uh, and I'm sure like they've, uh, Fabiano said they, you know, that maybe they were recording a show in Brazil or whatever, or in South America. Um, uh, and so we might get a video, Blu-ray, whatever version of the, sh the concert, hopefully at some point, but I don't think that will replicate that experience of s even hearing, you know, 30 some thousand people behind you or beside you going <gasps> like taking in a breath as the screen exactly. came on. And you're like, it's, it's kind of like in your home when the first time you plug in an HD TV or whatever, even like as silly as that sounds, yeah. but just at a massive scale that was like, Holy crap, that's like a amazing screen. And then it's yeah, amazing visuals to go along with it. Um, so I think it's now looking back on the Vancouver show, which feels like a lifetime ago, almost now um, it it's it, yeah. Some of those firsts that you sort of forget about as obviously as time happens, um, time goes by with, with this tour. Um, it was really cool. And, and yeah, like hearing um, you're the, no little things, which I'm the, the song. At the yeah, end. Little things, little things. Yeah, yeah, we so. heard, we heard the little things in, Van yeah. in Vancouver. We heard the little things. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I remember even thinking like, okay, I don't know if I, cause I hearing, I've never heard a U2 song for the first time live. And so you're kind of like, is this, I don't know if I like this yet. Cause even when I hear like when we've heard the blackout yeah. or uh, you're the best thing about me, like the first time I listen is like, oh, okay, I kind of like it. There's something weird going on. And then you're like, by the 10th listen, you're like, oh no, you know, I, there's things I like or don't or whatever, but, it, but you kind of had to like, you almost felt like you had to like it. He's like, of course I'm going to like this song. It's the first time I'm hearing this and they've never played it before. But then, yeah, just sort of processing all of that in the moment. Uh, but I digress. Anyways, Matt, you're, do you have some feedback or thoughts or 
disagreements. No, but, it's just, it was it was interesting for me to hear Tasula go like through this whole show by show sort yeah. of thing that stood out because for me the four that I saw I I don't recall any like specific moments of of that. The the thing for me is that st- stands out from all of them is what we just talked about. Not not the moment when the screen turns on and becomes red, but the moment when it transitions from the red and then the you're to the video and like what it's like you're going down from the clouds and you're like in the back, you know, at the start of streets and like every show I was at, you just like, there's this collective gasp in the audience. And I remember at the, at the Vancouver show, um, our staffer, Aaron Govern was over from the UK for the show and he was right next to me. And I thought, I I like, I literally thought he was going to pass out at that moment because like he was like, ah, (laughs) just going, going insane when the, you know, in the transition from the red into the, the video and, uh, yeah, it's um, so it's, I mean, it's interesting to me that Tasola had all these individual memories from each different uh, from each different show. Yeah, like I'd forgotten. I think- Did you remember I will follow from Seattle too, Matt? That was another one. I had, to- Michelle I had, up I had I totally asked- forgotten about Eddie Vedder. I totally. Yeah, I was just gonna say Eddie Vedder <laughs> on the stage and <laughs> totally How can forgot. You forget Eddie Vedder. My gosh, <laughs> but just the vibe that night. Like I asked this question on Twitter, not knowing that we were even going to tape a podcast this week. I asked the question the night of the final show, you know, what are everybody's favorite moments? Here are my top three. And I spit out whatever. And then when everybody started responding, I was like, oh, no, that was much better. That was far better. Or, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. You know, so it was the same type of thing. How could I, you know, leave off? I will follow from Seattle. You know, that was Michelle's, I think. And um, so there was there was different things about the different places. And obviously you have your personal experiences because you you're with your friends or you're with your family or whatever, you know, yeah. meeting Bjorn in Vancouver was a huge treat after we yes. watched his rehearsals and, and, yes. and been hearing from him. And then we got to be on Canadian radio, which was fun. And Chris got to experience that with me because he took pictures while we were there. Sorry, my microphone's not behaving right now. <laughs> um, but anyway, it was, yeah, I, I, think I have a better, I think I, I would rank it higher than maybe Sherry would as far as the great tours of all time. That's not to say I'm not super excited about the next tour that's coming up. But as far as what I've heard of the new album, I can't say I'm as excited as I was before Innocence, if that makes sense. I mean, I've heard three full songs now in different versions of every single one of them. I love the Blackout. I don't love the other two. So depending on what the other songs sound like, I'll gauge it that way. But um, but yeah, of course I'm excited. Of course I can't wait for Record Store Day. That's you know my birthday weekend. They always do something nice for me my birthday weekend. So thanks. Guys. <laughs> it's, um, nice. it's nice having a birthday around Black Friday, isn't it? <laughs> it's lovely having a, the the next day is my birthday, so that's great. But uh, <laughs> but I I will hold this this uh, tour in a much more sentimental place. I think. Than, than some of the others, just because I got to hear songs I wouldn't have gotten to hear, and I won't probably ever hear again. Yeah, that's the thing too. That that is the the other thing that I keep holding on to is that you know, good lord, we got to hear Red Hill Mining Town live, you guys, right, <laughs> right, right, like thirty and, years, and that, that and was like the song. It's like the song that they were never ever going to yeah. play, Mm-mm. and we got to hear it. So, and they were done with I, I, exit, done with it. Bad juju, bad things happened. It yeah. was, you know, injuring Bono to do it, and it turned out to be the best shot, the best song on the yep. tour. So it's like yep. you never know. Although I disagree. So here's one thing I did want to bring up. 
I don't think they're going to take streets out on the next tour. I know there's there's a huge <laughs> I didn't want to go yeah. campaign now going on that that says, you know, there's no way that they're going to play anything from JT. BS. They'll play they'll play streets and they may play with or without you. It's one not a campaign. <laughs> I just not a campaign. I just made a prediction on Twitter that I don't think they're going to play any Joshua. But you're not the only one. And, I wasn't I wasn't I directly referring that. to you. That's cool. And maybe you're right, but I doubt it. I wish so. I, not, not because I don't want, I'm not like out of, like I love hearing streets and I would, I would love it if they played it every time. But I, I, on the creative side, artistic side, I feel like I wish they'd have the guts to not play it, to feel like it's not, it's necessary to play it every time, I guess. And that I wish they'd have they, the guts to not play one, but we know how I feel about that. <laughs> I, 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 but they have played. I'm with yeah. you, right, Matt. I'm with Chris. I'm with you. I am both, I am both appalled and intrigued by the idea of seeing a show without streets. <laughs> Because it yeah. scares the scares the hell out of me. Say it, actually, but you what? Yeah, right. Even even if it's in the encore, you wait for it. Yeah, it's. I mean, it, it it's. I mean, it scares the hell out of me to think of that there would be a show without streets. But then I'm like, what would that sound like? And they and 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 look, if you go back through some of the Willie Williams interviews over the last you know ten or twenty years, including ones that when we've interviewed him. And that he's done with other outlets, he has said he's admitted that you know before certain tours they think to themselves, "Can we do this without streets?" So it's not like it's yeah. a never, you know, a never before thought of, you know, discussed idea. So I think I think if the, I think if that's a thing that they've discussed in the past and they always found reasons to say no, we have to play streets. I think. The fact that they just did an entire tour around this album is the excuse they need to say, you know what? Now is the time when we cannot play it. They have a built-in excuse. That's true. That's fair. But so. here's the question: if they if they ditch it, what's the climax? What's the song that's what that, that that's what scares the crap out of me. I have no right? idea. What? How do you replace that? I have no what's idea. What's the climax? There's your title. <laughs> but um. Well, obviously it would be acrobat. But anyway. Acrobat. Um, <laughs> Enough with enough with acrobat. Like I said, I really wish I honestly, from the bottom core of my heart, wish that they would play that once, just so people would see how boring it is and shut up about it. Hey, but you would have said the same thing with Trip um, Through Your Wires, so you learned. You learned. No, That's no, true. because That's Trip true. Through Your Wires is at least a little upbeat, even though I didn't like it. It's <laughs> it's at least upbeat. I don't even really hate Acrobat. I just think it would be a crappy song live. That's that's where I'm at. I can put it on to go to sleep. It's lovely. But one more thing I did want to say before I get cut off, because I can feel you just You're... about to do that, Chris. Um, <laughs> one thing they got right. You've got a minute, you've got a minute you. 20. Let's All right. Go. So it looks like I've got a minute 20. All right. In my minute 20, I'm going to say the best thing that happened toward the end of this tour was you two finally used how, finally figured out how to use social media. We got yeah. this random like video of Bono walking through the streets with his phone out, you know, selfie style. That's what we want. You guys, that's what we want. Just yeah. do that. Just, I would, I would give anything to be like the embedded person on their tour to say, here's the phone, go do this now. Or you're standing in front of this silly sculpture, go do something, you know, visually that I can take a picture of. There's so much opportunity there and they're so natural and they're so camera ready anyway. I don't get why they don't do it more often. I hope that all the positive feedback they got for that video motivates them to do more. Yeah. It's, 
It was it was incredible. It felt like the their social media marketing person was there in I forget where it was somewhere in oh in Europe when they were in like Dublin and or and London I think all of a sudden it showed up Instagram and stuff showed up for like briefly they'd have some stuff on there and then South America so like either it's because Guy Osiri maybe was there <laughs> and like his assistant is the person saying like hey remember we have these social media channels we should market through that or whatever but all of a sudden yeah it's like little glimpses and and uh, yeah so. As any good marketer knows, though, you have to be consistent with whatever your whatever your strategy yeah. is. You need to be consistent, and they are not consistent. So that's where they need now they now they know what to do, how to do it, what we like. Just yeah. keep it up. Yeah. So solo, I don't know what you mean. U two three sixty from the edge hasn't tweeted in five years. I think that's pretty consistent. <laughs> That's true. Good point. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, for what it's worth, you're right, Edge though. was no, you're, doing you're that. Right. He was consistent. He yeah. he did it quite right. often when he was active. Mm. Yeah. Oh well. Anyway, I know my time's up. <laughs> turn. We're just going younger. Did you notice that we started with the oldest Sherry, and now we're at the middle here, girl about to have a birthday in a month, and then we're going to go to our millennial. So we're going quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Sula. Awesome. Thanks, Bye, to Sula. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do we have any millennials that want to come on the show? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if this all works. Oh, there he is. Here's one. What's up? <laughs> we got to hit all the demographics oh, for this episode. Got my We're avocado toast. Yeah, exactly. I've got. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Mason? Hey guys, how you doing? Good. So doing, you've doing uh, you've been in the green room. Um, yeah. And so I don't know what it feels like. We've covered a lot of the ground of the Joshua Tree tour. But what what did you when did you see it? I guess how often and uh, your thoughts in on seeing this tour. Okay. Um, so my first show was in Pittsburgh in June, and then I saw the show again a couple of weeks later in East Rutherford. Where, by the way, just to follow up on a previous point. As I was walking out, they were kind of closing up shop of the uh, of the merch, and there were Red Streets t-shirts on sale. And it will continue to haunt me for the rest of my life that I didn't get one. But they, I saw them. I they were they're real. <laughs> wait, wait, like um, official? Yeah, yeah, like in one of those so kind of like bodega things that open up. Yeah, get out. I thought that was just like like under their radar or like the unofficial booths had one of those. Huh. I mean, it was right outside the stadium, so maybe it was unofficial, but I can't imagine they would let somebody set up a booth, you know? That, um, huh. Weird. But, or maybe it was just a fever dream from getting, <laughs> running out like that three hours be. of sleep. I don't know. I don't, it was a hot day, be. too. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I saw my second show was in East Rutherford, and then my third show was uh, just a couple of months ago in, uh, in Buffalo, in Buffalo, New York. So I've kind of made my way about the East or... East Coast and New England, I guess. Um, and for my thoughts on the tour, uh, this is my second one. So my first shows were the last two New York City shows of Innocence and Experience. And while these don't really hold a candle to them at all, those were just, you know, Night 8 especially, I got, we got Springsteen, we got 40, we got Party Girl, and we got Stand By Me, which is my favorite song ever. So nothing was ever going to beat that. And then my first show, I got pulled on stage. And those two were just, you know, the, <laughs> yeah. the highlights. Of That's what I was going to I was going to say, we have to let people know that at your first U2 show, you were on stage yeah, yeah. with the band. So, right. so it's okay if things pale in comparison. 
yeah, yeah, your first true. YouTube show uh, ever? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was at the anniversary. I was at the thing. The night that's I was just gonna say. He was also there when they showed up at our party. So it's it's a good week. Talk it's about good week. starting your your live career off on a good <laughs> set. Yeah, yeah. or yeah, it's, it's, pretty it's only downhill from there. I guess is the other way of looking at it. But hopefully, it's the opposite. See, glass half full. Glass half full, Chris. Yeah. Um, uh, so. So I came into this knowing, you know, okay, Joshua Tree, that's cool. And I've never really been a big fan of stadiums because I just, you know, my first experiences have been in arenas. And I just think you can't, you can't beat something with a roof, really, where it's just, it's, it's close and you can kind of feel the body heat where I guess you can in stadium. But um, I was, I wasn't really pumped for the Joshua Tree tour, but I hadn't seen him in two years. So I was excited. And that first show in Pittsburgh just kind of, blew my melon first of all because i got to hear bad for the first time ever which was which i'm very thankful that i was able to do and then um with uh little things and just like like you like tasula was talking about just the presentation or and the just the the ideas and the kind of goodwill behind it because i worked in the news media for basically the entire presidential campaign and i just felt so kind of angry just in general and a little part of that chipped away with every time I saw the show and, you know, it comes back in you know, rare forms, but I keep thinking of, you know, from the right to the left, all the stuff that Matt hates. I just, it, <laughs> it sticks in my head every now and again. And I kind of think, okay, we're all, we're all here. We're all America. You know what? Don't, yeah. Don't listen to us cynical old people. Cause, uh, we'll just oh no, I'm as cynical as they come, but I try to not do that. Uh, <laughs> you still have but, the youthful um, energy to push past it, I guess. Maybe we're something like that. Yeah. yeah something yeah. like that. <laughs> But I don't know. I I would give this. It's a, this is a very good tour. It's a B tour for me. I'm glad I saw it. I would happily go to another show, but I'm I'm ready for what's next, and I'm I'm ready to see what is coming in next month or and then you know six months from now. So, right. is there maybe we can jump off to that as sort of an ending of this this episode? Anyways, it's sort of like looking forward because. Um, there's i remember when they ended the innocence and experience tour there's kind of like this anticipation of it, them coming back with that in some form and so now with experience and innocence is that what you're going to call it um that they've sort of hinted that it'll be a lot of the similar production but they could also completely change it up now that they've finished the josh tree tour is there um are we hoping that it's going to be vastly different and like a brand new show or are we okay with the idea of it being you know a retooled innocence and experience with new songs sort of and video visuals does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. I re- see. I really haven't thought much about. Um, I don't think. It, first of all, I don't think it's going to be called innocence, experience, and innocence. That just doesn't roll off the tongue well as innocence and experience. But that's for another day. Um, but I, <laughs> I would not be, be. I would not be unhappy <laughs> if they either used innocence and experience as the jumping off point and just kind of stack things on top of that and i but i would also be pretty psyched if they said you know let's just let's start over i don't think they have the time to do that quite (laughs) really but i'm confident enough in their abilities to think up something that is kind of a cousin to in to innocent experience without feeling like a twin you know yeah yeah, I think yeah, I think we have to I think we have to like listen for any clues that they give in in any of the upcoming interviews that they're going to be doing when they promote the album, right? Like obviously the tour will that that question will come up because I remember like in some of the first interviews after the the INE tour ended, 
I want to say it was Adam, but I could be wrong. But I think it was Adam who talked about, who kind of like laid the groundwork for saying that the production was going to be fairly similar, that they were going to keep the staging and, and all that sort of stuff. And then just sort of change the show that lives in that setting. But that was years ago, right? I mean, they've had, you know, all sorts of time to rethink and potentially, you know, the songs are different now and the album's different. And so maybe, you know, maybe things will change. I don't know. It kind of feels like uh, for someone like a Willie Williams to know that in advance, you're going to be, so let's say they're going to have this, the next tour out on the road for a year and a half or whatever it ends up being to know that. Um, you're going to have to keep doing that same production that you did before. It feels like he's artistically, he's going to want to do something different with it, whether they have the time, like you said, Mason or, or not. And the, and just even the, the money and the whatever infrastructure to handle retooling the whole thing. So I, I don't think the screen has been seen in like some field in Belgium, like the, the claw has, right. It's not out, put out to pasture quite yet, or maybe. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Yeah. Edge just doesn't have it in his backyard or something, I guess is a, watching for watching They're, for he's going to install it in the hills of malibu yeah exactly <laughs> watch for a petition soon so uh it feels like they would want to you know retool if they could because yeah just going back to that now feels like they just went back to the joshua tree or are they going back to innocent in a, yeah the innocent experience setup or whatever but uh yeah time-wise i don't know it doesn't leave them a lot of runway in there as we know with each album with each tour it takes longer and longer for edge to be satisfied that everything's just right so yeah. What were the? Uh, so I have a question. I have a question that I'll that I'll run by you guys, both of you, for your opinions. Um, do you think you two would ever consider doing another tour where they play an entire album? Because mm. that, and I'll say why. I ask, because you know, we've spent this whole podcast, you know, discussing how we feel about the tour. I am dying to know what the band feels about the tour. How do they feel about having spent the last? what five months you know over dozens of nights playing the same album every night etc etc like do they get like did they get tired of it like because even with you know we all complain about you know how the set list rarely changes during a normal u2 tour but at least they have the freedom to like if one night they want to insert in october instead of you know a song for someone or not song for someone i mean every breaking Sleep wave like a baby you know like yeah, Sleep Like a Baby, which is a great live song. Um, <laughs> they always had the freedom if they wanted. And granted, maybe sometimes they didn't. But they had the freedom to change a few things here and there in the middle of a show. This show, they did not have that freedom to change that whole section of the show. And so I just wonder, like, now that they've done it, like, if we were to say, and if they were to answer honestly, would they say, nope, we're never going to play another album again? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just, I'd love to know what they think about that here's where here's the first things i thought of firstly the only other album you can justify doing that is octung and that's what uh right that's four years away technically if you're gonna if they continue with the 30 year anniversary kind of thing um and they play enough of that anyway so maybe there's not as much of a demand to hear uh acrobat i guess never mind uh, <laughs> uh but i also <laughs> my second thought, yeah my second thought was way 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 back when in 2015 when they were talking about um doing a, you know, innocence experience was scheduled in blocks and doing, you know, a different show night one than you do night two, maybe it goes back to that. Maybe that's, maybe Joshua Tree Tour was so rigid that they just want to, 
kind of go for go for broke really and actually fall through on some, one of their plans for once maybe <laughs> and do a vastly different night one to night two experience for maybe maybe this is a time to say you, you, it's justifiable that night one is innocence and the night two is experience and that's a way that they can play that both play the hits and then uh promote or tell this promote songs of experience and then tell the story of songs of innocence be, but that's just mine my two cents. that'd be interesting yeah yeah i'd love to again just one of those things where i'd love to see them i don't know if, like having the guts is the wrong word i don't know what the right phrase is there but just be that creatively free to just experiment with the music and the presentation and the the whole package in a way that doesn't they're not scared of what of offending maybe like a a fan who can only afford to go to one show or whatever and just like that's what we're going to do because that's what we feel like we need to do to present this or whatever um so i'd love for that to happen i, I don't think they will but um just because they've not <laughs> in as much as they broke the mold with say zoo tv or whatever it still was like it was it was playing the songs they still played streets they you know or whatever they just did it in an interesting package uh and so i don't know i'm i'm pessimistically optimistic if that's a phrase that uh uh, i'll just make up and say it is um that they'll do something more than just you know kind of play the best songs or the most popular songs of the new album sprinkle in a few of the greatest hits and call it a show and uh i mean sorry not to denigrate what happened with innocence and experience that i think that idea of, of recapping their tour or their history sorry in that format i think is awesome and and plays well even as you put new songs in the into the mix um and with the visuals and stuff that they had all i think say having said that i only saw the concert on dvd or whatever so i didn't actually experience it live so i'm much i'm very much looking forward to whatever happens (laughs) on this next tour and whenever it happens providing everybody stays healthy everybody doesn't go for bike rides and fall on their face all that kind of stuff would be much appreciated so um yeah in uh in i guess in wrapping up uh mason on sort of going back to joshua tree any f- closing comments for you from from the tour that you're sort of like now that it's all done and did you watch some of the were you, did you keep up with the tours that went along and mixlers and periscopes and stuff and sort of how it changed when since last you saw it yeah i kept up with it i didn't um i didn't mix slur or kind of listen in as much just because the, it was it was frustrating with all the connectivity issues but if i heard something particularly interesting i'd scour youtube a couple of days later to to check it out and um as regards my closing thoughts i just think it's it's a it's a nice little primer and uh and i'm I'm just i like like we've all said i think uh, i'm ready i'm ready for what's next i'm really i've really got a good feeling about songs of experience and what they could do next and um i'm just excited and i'm but i'm glad that i i've revisited the joshua tree tour as uh as- and the other th- Go ahead, Matt. I was just going to say, the other thing that we can be excited about, too, is that it's two days after a tour is ended, and we're not going to have to wait three to four years for what's next. <laughs> you you don't true, know right? that for sure. You don't know that for sure. I do know it's that. Not- they are. I guarantee you that album is coming out on December 1st. I guarantee you that. I guarantee you that right now, as we speak, Edge is tinkering with the Pro Tools project, <laughs> yeah. thinking he has an- yet another ver- way of, uh, of remixing a song, and... Yeah, and Bono is uh, wandering through a warehouse of sunglasses to find out his next look. Yeah, that's, that's the thing I'm excited about. Fine, the album's great, but I want to know what glasses he's going to do. He's going to use because I hate the John Lennon ones. Oh, I can't stand it. As long as he's not wandering through a bike factory, that's all I. 
hope uh of the song that i was gonna ask you mason as the our token millennial uh, on the show what of the, the songs that we've heard uh, i guess i don't know officially i don't know what we were calling this but the blackout uh you're the best thing about me and the little things that give you away or whatever it's called um what's what's your favorite so far what resonates with the next generation of youtube <laughs> we'll let you speak for everybody yeah yeah sorry everybody but it's it's you're the best thing about me i love the blackout i think it's great and and i love the little things that give you away it's just very it that's a beautiful song great melody and everything but i just there's there's a toe tapping quality to you're the best thing about me that i just can't as a fan of as a fan of pop music and as a uh enormous fan of ABBA I just cannot resist that part of me that just wants to sing a silly song at the top of my lungs driving down the highway and that's kind of what the you're the best thing about me is so crucify me if you must I'm sorry to say but for me you're, it, you're the best thing about me that's going to change like I, I I put it in our little slack channel I'm almost 90 I'm 99% certain that the the second I hear the lights of home for the first time. That's going to be my favorite of the whole thing. But for right now, you're the best thing about me. That's what I'll go with. Nice. All right. Yeah. I still going back to the artistic push or whatever. I wish, I still wish you two had, um, at the end of the Brazil, last concert in Brazil lights go out and then they play the blackout or something just like completely. And then go, oh, yeah. go out on that or whatever, some, whether it's a blackout or whatever, so, something from the new album, close out the show and it's like, say, okay, we'll see. Sort of like what they did in Vancouver where they teased us with the album cover, right? Like at the end of the tour, do something like that to like send us off and see what's next or whatever. But it's kind of like right. going back to the marketing side we talked about with Sula. It's kind of like they sort of forget that the world is watching now, you know, like a, they feel like they're down in Brazil and the rest of the U2 world isn't really paying as much attention or something. I don't know. It just seems odd. Like it seems like a place where you could make a big statement about what you're doing next. And they kind of just wanted to wrap up. So anyways, speaking of wrapping up, <laughs> uh, we thanks, should do that. thanks Mason. We'll uh, fade you. Thank you, Mason. Into. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. And wrapping up. How about for you, Matt? You didn't, I didn't give you a chance to give your closing Joshua tree 2017 thoughts. No, I, I think I gave my closing thought earlier. I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm glad they did it. I'm glad I saw it. And like everyone else said, I am ready for what's next. And I'm excited that we don't have to wait several years for it. Because <laughs> yeah. we're all getting older, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, uh, so December release of Songs of Experience, what we're thinking, working backwards from that, is there another single or video or something that's coming before then? Do you think there's record store day, obviously, with a blackout? Is that going to be official? Yeah, single didn't, too? didn't. Didn't I think it was you two songs? I think said something. Um, Get out of your own way is supposed to be released soon. But the, you know, in this stage, what does that mean? What does released mean? It's not like where there's going to be a CD single or anything. So yeah. I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, I, I suspect we'll. You know, when they when they when they announce the album, when they announce the details, which I think should be in the next couple of days, that it will be available for pre-order. You know, like around the world, and they might like. You know, if you pre-order now, you'll get a free download of one of the songs. I don't know. Maybe it might be, you know, you're the best thing. Who knows? But um, yeah, but yeah, it's it's coming right up. Here we go. All right. Something to look forward to. Hopefully by the time we even re-record, we'll have some news. Record the next episode. We'll have some news about the new album officially. Um, you can follow Twi uh, at you 2 on Twitter, twitter.com slash ATU2 or facebook.com slash ATU2com and instagram.com slash ATU2com while you're waiting for 
you too to update their Instagram page. <laughs> Ours will likely be updated more frequently. Um, I'm I Chris on Twitter. Matt is at Matt McGee. The uh, other folks who are on, you can find their Twitter handles and stuff to disagree or agree with something they said, <laughs> if you so desire, uh, in the show notes at goodstuff.fm slash ATU2 slash 69. And I think that's it for this episode. Hope you have a great day. Bye. Bye.